Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, and thank you so much. Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am going to talk with you today about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's also a really difficult one. It's difficult to do. It's difficult to talk about. It brings up a lot of sensitive and vulnerable issues for everyone, but it's like a key relationship skill. It's the relationship skill that makes the difference between a long-term or short-term relationship. And as soon as we get into this one, it's going to be really clear why. So I'm going to talk a little bit about rebuilding trust in a partnership. Um, and the reality is, when you get close enough to somebody, you're going to have conflict. hundred uh, percent, you're going to have conflict and you're probably not going to necessarily see it coming. At some point, if you're close enough to someone, that conflict is going to surprise you a little bit. You'll be surprised that they hold a viewpoint they do, surprised at a behavior that they, that they exhibit, but, but, you know, surprised that they said what they said. It's going to shock you and it will feel a little bit like a rupture of your trust. And relationships survive or get their longevity and their richness and their depth based on how we navigate those moments, those ruptures, those, you know, tiny little tears in a relationship. So when I'm talking about ruptures, what I'm talking about, really, I want to be clear because there are many levels or, or degrees of rupture or tear. And today, what I'm talking about and what really fits well within my wheelhouse as a coach, and especially are like the non-existential, non-emergent rupture. So I'm, you know, not adhering to an agreement related to the budget or parenting or um, how you're going to spend time, um, not, um, not maintaining your privacy or your confidentiality about something like maybe your spouse or partner shares something that you feel is personal and you would think they should know that you wouldn't want that shared. Or maybe you've had a regrettable incident. You've had an argument that got surprisingly heated. There were harsh words. One of you felt the need to walk away that triggered someone else's abandonment fears. So I'm talking about those kinds of ruptures that are not really threatening to your own well-being and not threatening to the life or livelihood or well-being of your relationship. What I'm not talking about in this particular instance are things like affairs, intimate partner violence, or clear physical violence, um, substance abuse, or other addictions. So for example, even to go back up to the budgetary issue, if not following the budget is part of an ongoing pattern of gambling addiction, for example, that's beyond the pale of what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today are like these exceptional moments of somebody not following a budgetary agreement. Um, if you are struggling with issues of affair, betrayal, violence in your marriage, um, I am currently going through training in um, intimacy from the inside out, which is a method of working with couples that are used by coaches and therapists alike. And I am really meeting a lot of fantastic marriage and family therapists who specialize in those issues. So if you would like a referral, please just shoot me an email. I'd be happy to connect you with someone from my network who's going to be really qualified and skilled to help you with those issues. 
But back to what I am talking about today, I'm talking about really those things like not feeling, not not living up to an agreement, having a particularly bad argument or regrettable incident, maybe violating a confidence in a way that you just weren't expecting. You didn't think you needed to say, don't share that. Um, so you've had this, you've had this disagreement. You've had this incident where something happened that you weren't expecting. Things maybe got heated, possibly harsh words were said. What you are really going to want to do in this case to rebuild trust, there's an immediate repair process. And then there's sort of the longer term behavioral changes that have to occur. So let's talk really about first, what the immediate things are. And we're going to spend most of the time here today on that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the longer term changes that might need to happen in order for trust to really be maintained and for emotional safety in your relationship to be maintained. So the very first step is going to be um, listening for understanding. And, And you're each going to want to take turns hearing the other one out, making sure that um, each of you has an opportunity to share how things were looking through your spectacles, through your eyes in that moment. You know, an opportunity to really put on each other's glasses and see the world through those lenses. Really hear what your partner was experiencing. What was it that got them so heated so quickly? What was it that caused them to overspend in that moment? What were they thinking exactly when they shared that information about you that you would think anyone would know not to share? Clearly they didn't know or they wouldn't have shared it, but what were they thinking or not thinking or what was that moment about for them? How did it get handled in the aftermath? How did they respond? What was happening inside them as they were responding? And you really want to verify that you're hearing them. So you might need to take pauses. You might need to really, okay, so you're saying that when you were talking with Sarah about me, you didn't realize it would be um, not okay for me for you to disclose to Sarah that I'm adopted or whatever. This is a very hypothetical situation. Um, or, oh, I understand, you know, I'm, I'm very out and, um, I'm very out about my bisexuality in such and such a location, but you shared it with this person that I don't know and I'm not comfortable with it. And that also hasn't happened, but say the, say for the sake of argument, that was a, a kind of confidence that had gotten shared. So tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, I see because I talk about it on Facebook. Um, and that seems really, you know, very public to you. It didn't occur to you that I wouldn't want you to share that with Sarah. Ah, okay. All right, I can see why that is the case. All right, so what else was happening? Okay, great. And you want to really verify that you're hearing what they're saying. So you repeat it back to them. So what you're saying is this. Is that correct? Am I hearing you right? And you ask. And if you didn't hear them right, not a problem. They can just try again and you can try again and you can go back and forth until you really hear them. But the point is to really verify that you're hearing them. Use their language as much as possible. If you want to translate to your own language, you can just say, hey, I might say it like this. Does that sound close enough to you? And you listen until the end of words. Until they are complete with their perspective on how this whole thing transpired from where they sit. The hardest part about this, listening for understanding, is really not getting reactive because there will be a point in there where you might feel your buttons are getting pushed. This person might be using you language. It might come across as in a way that you feel is blaming or shaming or critical of you. But the the first part is really just to hear things from your partner's perspective. 
And I'm going to talk about the blaming and shaming and how we can deal with that very briefly before we end today and probably more so down the line. But not getting reactive is the hardest part. You really want to understand literally what this person was thinking, what was going on for them in this moment, what was so painful about what you did or said that caused them to lose their temper. really want to understand. And then you flip, then you switch that. So then the other partner takes a chance to say, oh, um, this is what happened for me. Um, I understand that I'm really public. I, I mean, I can't imagine this scenario actually happening, but you know, this is what was going on for me in this instance. Um, you violated our budget agreement. And I understand, um, I understand that you had really good intentions when you loaned my daughter $200, but that was not something we discussed that does. That's not how we've agreed to handle our budget, which also isn't a thing that's real. I'm sorry. I'm just not coming up with a real one right now, but um, this is what it was like for me. So then you share your perspective. I hear this about you and this is what it meant to me. We had an agreement. You did. There was a, this is a real thing for me. I do have a problem with a say do gap. So when people say one thing and do another, that's a real problem for me. And I could easily see myself in an argument saying, well, we agreed to X, you did Y. That wasn't my understanding and I'm really angry about it. And I, I feel like it's very difficult for me to trust you when you say one thing and do another. So that when I feel like I can't trust you, that really hurts. Um, it really hurts my feelings because I love you so much. Um, and then that scares me and then I get overreactive or whatever. Um, so you, so then you have to be just that vulnerable in sharing your own feelings and your own perspectives. Sometimes there might be uh, particular sore spots or particular vulnerabilities that Gottman's call them enduring vulnerabilities. There might be um, your own triggers, your own buttons that could get pushed. In IFS language, we might call it parts or elements of our personality that have been shaped by our pasts. And when that comes up in your conversation or when that plays a role in the rupture, it's very important that you share this information with your partner for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, this is your partner and it's going to build closeness between the two of you if you're willing to share on that type of intimate level. Secondly, when you're able to share in that space that feels really safe, you actually start to heal some of those vulnerabilities. They get to be a little bit less tender when you're able to share them with another person and have them heard. So you might want to share. Um, and again, I'm I'm really struggling right at this moment to come up with, with an example that um, feels comfortable to share either for my own or for my client's situations. Um, but um, I'll just make up a fictional example about say do the say do gap thing. Okay, well, you said this, and then you did that. And I have a real problem with um, a say do gap when people say one thing and do another because I grew up in a really unpredictable household and predictability is really important to me. Predictability is part of what keeps me safe. And when people don't do what they agree to do, then I feel like I don't know how to predict what will happen next. And that is really unnerving for me. So I would need to share that level of depth with my partner so they can understand me a little bit better and understand why the behaviors that I'm asking for, the things that I need are so important. They understand what is at stake for me in this conversation. So 
I know this is a really hard thing because a lot of times we want to jump ahead to problem solving and how we're never going to do this again. And a lot of people want to stop at just the apology. Well, I apologize. Isn't that enough? And it's not. It's really not enough to repair the rupture. An apology is a great thing. And it's definitely part of this because it's a regrettable incident because you regret the incident. You wish this hadn't happened. You wish you had handled it differently. And you both do for the sake of your partnership, wish that you would handle it differently. So when you go through these steps, this can start to heal and repair that rupture because you've both had a chance to be heard fully, to explain what was going on for you, what motivated your behavior, why did you do what you did, why did you make of your partner's behavior what you made of it, why did it land or impact you the way it did. And from there, you then make the request for how you would like the situation handled, this type of situation handled going forward, what you would prefer and why. And by the time you get there, those behavior changes that you're asking for, two things happen to them. One is we are less inclined to ask for behavior changes that our partner cannot manage. So sometimes we ask for behavior changes that we don't actually need. What we needed was a different way of understanding or interpreting the behavior that we witnessed. Because a lot of times when um, when I work with couples, they might notice a behavior and their interpretation of the behavior is equally, if not more problematic than the actual behavior. Because I'm, most of the time when I'm coaching couples, we're not talking about issues like infidelity, alcoholism, domestic violence. We're, we're talking about people who just see the world a little bit differently, who have a hard time really understanding each other's perspective and actually... If you could understand that your spouse looked at things differently from you, you might have an easier time tolerating or uh, tolerating what they do or their choices, or it might not bother you at all. It might not even be a tolerance issue. It might just be, oh, I accept. They look at life differently than I do. Um, and that's a really important place to be, is in that place where you can just start to look at your spouse as different. So when you ask for those behavior changes, you might find that you need fewer behavior changes because you understand your spouse better. And when you ask, your spouse is more likely to be receptive to making those changes because they understand what's at stake for you. They really do care about you. They, your partner does care about you. That's why your partners, they do want good things for you. They also want good things for themselves. And conflicts usually happen when we think we can't get both at the same time. So to sort of recap, when we're talking about repairing trust after, the, after a rupture with our partner, we are really talking about having some deeper level conversation. We're not talking about a superficial apology. And I'm also talking about rebuilding trust after more or less, you know, minor to medium level ruptures, not the major things of an affair, uh, of, a, of an affair, sorry, or intimate partner violence or substance abuse. And again, if you're having issues with that, I know excellent resources. So please email me and I will help you connect. I love helping people connect um, with other service providers. And when you do this, you want to listen. That is the first and foremost goal is to listen for understanding. You want to disclose your own vulnerabilities or sore spots or your own buttons. And you want to really make thoughtful requests in a way that takes into account who your partner is and who you are. 
that's what I have for you today. I hope this has been really helpful. I would love to hear questions, comments, situations that you are willing to share maybe in a brief way that you might want a little bit more information on. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.